Welcome to the Food Freedom Fertility Podcast. Here, we discuss the challenging, rewarding, and life-changing process of recovering your period and finding freedom with food and exercise. Whether you're hoping to regain your cycle to get your health back on track, or you're ready to become a mama, this podcast is for you. While the recovery process isn't always rainbows and butterflies, it's my hope to bring you both information and inspiration during your own recovery journey. I'm your host, registered dietitian and fellow HA woman, Lindsay Lesson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Food Freedom Fertility Podcast. I am so excited to have a space to really get into the nitty-gritty details of how and why period loss occurs with hypophilic amenorrhea, which is such a mouthful, so we're just going to refer to it as HA. I want to talk about why that happens. I want to talk about the recovery process, and I want to also bring emphasis to all of the wonderful things on the other side of the recovery process, like pregnancy and babies and being able to go out to eat with your best friend or your significant other without stressing out about calories or the ingredients in your food. I want to talk about what it's like to wake up on a Saturday and not feel like you need to go to the gym or run six miles to burn off what you ate the day before. I think so often during recovery, we get focused on that end result, whether it be to get your period back or get that positive pregnancy test. It's easy to lose sight of what recovery is really about, which is getting your health on track and getting so much of your life back. What I don't think I fully realized when I started to work to get my period back in 2017 I kind of started the process thinking, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be all in. I'm going to eat the food. I'll get my period back. And then I'm going to go back to working out and being the super fit, super lean person that I had built so much of an identity around. And I don't think that that's the best mindset to go into recovery with. But I share this because I do fully believe that Your mindset can and will shift as you continue to work on recovery. I know mine certainly has, and I've seen it with so many of the people that I have worked with. Now, everyone's recovery journey from HA is unique, and we're going to hear from a lot of different people about their stories and how they came to recovery and what they're doing on the other side of recovery. But I want to start today by telling my story. If you follow along on Instagram at food.freedom.fertility, You might have noticed that I do share my own story in my post, especially in the captions and also over Instagram stories. But I don't think that I have a place where I've actually shared everything kind of start to finish from when I lost my period to what recovery looked like for me to really what life looks like for me today as a recovered woman. So I'm going to squeeze as much information as I can into this episode while being concise and also trying to answer some of the most common questions that I get from people following along. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. So when I was about 17 years old, I decided that I needed to get into better shape, whatever that means. I can't even really tell you what triggered it, but A lot of my friends were engaging in kind of some dieting slash disordered eating behaviors at the time, which I honestly just kind of thought was really normal and and maybe even, quote, healthy. Um, And 
it just didn't seem like that big of a deal. A lot of my friends were doing Weight Watchers. And so when I decided to start my quote fitness journey, um, that's what I did. I joined Weight Watchers, started going to the gym five days a week. And I set a weight loss goal for myself that seemed realistic and healthy for my height. So over the next three months, I achieved my goal. I lost around 10 to 15 pounds and I also lost my period. Now, I didn't really notice it at first because when you're 17 and you're not trying to get pregnant and you're not trying to avoid pregnancy, you don't really pay attention to your cycle. Um, I don't think a lot of people are educated on their cycle either. So a few months went by and I was like, oh, I, I haven't had a period in a while. So I decided to see my primary care physician and she assured me that lots of girls my age have irregular cycles and that birth control would just be an easy fix. So I began taking the pill. A lot of my friends were also taking the pill. Nobody really thought twice about it. And I got my periods like clockwork every, every single month. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> My habits with food um, and exercise started becoming more and more disordered. I was restricting food. I was not eating near enough calories for the amount of exercise I was doing. I actually started exercising even more. Um, you know, my, my weight loss had fueled a lot of compliments about my body and my appearance. And I really liked that. I even had people asking me for advice on how do I lose weight? How do I look like you? And that you know, is in, in a cool way, <laughs> it fueled my desire to become a dietitian. Um, but in a really bad way, it really made me spiral into more disordered eating and eventually a full-blown eating disorder, which I'll get into here in a second. Um, I started to really get that identity of the fit girl. Um, and I thought back to what my life was like before being the quote fit girl. And I, I didn't want to go there. And I think that fear also, um, drove a lot of my habits with food and exercise. Um, I went off to college, you know, I wanted to be a dietitian. So I started studying nutrition. All of that information was in my face, you know, 15 hours per week. Um, I also taught aerobics at the gym. So I basically lived there and I, just kind of existed off of very few calories and lots of exercise for all four years of college. Um, exercise when I was happy, exercise when I was sad, I exercised when I felt out of control or anxious or scared. And so exercise really kind of became this like drug of choice for me for dealing with a lot of emotions and I didn't realize that it was unhealthy at the time. In fact, you know, most of the time people are telling you that's a really healthy way to, to relieve stress. Um, and it can be, um, but it, it, you know, it should never be your only outlet for stress management. And for a long time, it was for me. Um, now, as far as my periods, I was kind of on and off birth control. And I did notice that when I came off the pill, I wouldn't get a period. And I thought it was weird. So I talked to a couple of different doctors about it. And every time I went to the doctor, I was just praised for how healthy I was, how disciplined I was, how great it was that I, you know, ate healthy and exercised so much. And they always just said, you know, go back on the pill. It's giving your body some estrogen. It's protecting your bones. Of course, it's not healthy to not have a cycle, but like just go on the pill. And so I kind of just, you know, what else was I supposed to do? I, I took that advice and I kept doing that. Um, you know, graduated from college, continued my habits into grad school. And that's when things really started to spiral for me. So in 2011, 
and reluctantly began outpatient treatment for an eating disorder. Now, I've never really been incredibly underweight or for what you might think about when somebody has an eating disorder or what the general public thinks about an eating disorder and what it looks like. So I kind of struggled with like, do I belong here? I don't really fit the mold for typical, you know, anorexia eating disorder. But my treatment team was really encouraging. They really felt like I could benefit from support. They even encouraged me that I could probably get my period back. They recognized that this is probably why my period was missing. So I did um, IOP, intensive outpatient therapy, for about a year. One of my biggest motivators was to see if I could get my period back. Um, And, you know, Recovering from an eating disorder, if you've been here, it is one of the hardest things you'll do in your entire life. Um, That therapy was 150% necessary for me. It was a really helpful stepping stone in my recovery journey. I overcame a lot of my orthorexic tendencies. I gained a little bit of body fat. And I did some really, really deep hard work on body image and finding my worth and things, not just in my body size. And about a year later, I was in a way better place, a way, way, way better place with food and exercise, um, mentally and physically feeling probably about 75% recovered from my eating disorder. I felt recovered enough to move on. Things were really coming together for me. I had my first job as a dietitian. I just started dating my now spouse. And so things were really looking up for me, but I still didn't have a period. So I dug a little deeper. Um, A couple years later, I found a doctor, a reproductive endocrinologist, um, to help me get to the bottom of what was going on with with my hormones. And so um, the person that I saw was really sounded like he was going to be helpful. He agreed with me it wasn't normal to not have a period um, without, you know, taking taking the pill, which again, I I thought I was really getting a period. I didn't realize that it was actually a withdrawal bleed. And so we ran a bunch of tests, um, worked with him for about three months. And at the end of our three months together, he just said, you're perfectly healthy. You just don't get a period. Come see me again when you're ready to have kids. So I left that appointment very angry and frustrated and just kind of hopeless. I really felt at that point that my body was just kind of broken forever. I wasn't going to ever get my period back. And I was just going to have to do fertility treatment whenever, you know, we decided we were going to have kids and was probably two years into dating my my now husband. And, and we weren't talking about getting married right away. So fertility was definitely on the back burner. So I just kind of closed that chapter for a while and put it away. Um, In 2016, we got married, and um, about six months after that, I happened to come across the book, No Period, Now What? It was totally a God thing. I was kind of scanning LinkedIn and this sports dietitian um, group that I was part of, and somebody posted about this book. So, of course, the title, No Period, Now What?, caught my eye, and I checked it out on Amazon, read the foreword, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the thing. This is what I have. So I ordered the book and I'm getting, you know, chapter by chapter in and I'm like, yes, this is me. This is like the holy grail. These are all of the answers that I have been looking for 
for so long now. And I get about four chapters in and I just put the book down. I quickly realized that this was this wasn't going to be like a quick fix and me getting my period back was going to be like a lifestyle overhaul and quite frankly I felt really frustrated at that time because I felt like I had done all the work with recovery from my eating disorder. I felt like I was at a really good place with food and comparatively I really was. I was eating lots of things. I didn't have a lot of, you know, foods that I wouldn't eat anymore. I worked through a lot of my fear foods and um, tendencies to eat, you know, only healthy things. I felt like I um, didn't see foods as bad or, or anything like that. But I, I, I knew I simply wasn't eating enough, especially whenever I learned about the 2,500 calories. But I kind of felt, just to be completely honest at that point in time, I kind of felt like the quote all in process of eating 2,500 calories and stopping exercise I felt like it didn't apply to me. I felt like I didn't need that much food and it just felt a little extreme. So at that point in time, we had been married for about six months and I was like, I don't need to deal with this right now. Like I kind of put it, you know, put it in the back of my mind um, probably for the, for another six months, but I also knew that we weren't ready to actually get pregnant. And so it was my hope um, that I would become a lot more motivated as, you know, the time started ticking fertility-wise. So months went on, and I kind of pushed the idea of period recovery away for a while um, until I had, you know, I came off the pill, I think, in January of 2017. And I stayed off the pill, of course, no period. So I saw my OBGYN nine months later in, or eight months later in August, And um, I was like, hey, like, we're ready to start trying. What's the next step? And I and I kind of thought that she would just be like, "Okay, well, you know, if you're not getting your period, we'll start Clomid or ovulation inductive meds um, and go from there. But that's that's not what she said. (laughs) She just sat me down and she's like, hey, listen, like with your history of not having a cycle, um, you know, these meds are probably not going to work for you, she said instead of wasting your time, I think I would just send you straight over to a fertility clinic. So that was the final push. That was what I needed to hear. Um, And I shared with her the research from No Period Now What? Um, And I was pretty, you know, assured that I strongly felt that this could work for me. And she was supportive. She wasn't like, hey, yeah, you have HA. This is what you need to do. But as any good doctor should be, she listened and she was on board with what I felt was, you know, good for me. And she was like, if you can avoid fertility treatment, like clearly that's the best option. So on September 8th of 2017, um, my husband and I were leaving for a two-week trip to Italy. So we hopped on a plane to Venice, and I began my all-in journey. Now, this was probably the best vacation of my life because previously vacations would be trying to figure out where I was going to fit workouts in, you know, picking my meals, trying to eat healthy all day long, and then maybe having one splurge meal. But on this trip, I just stopped. I just stopped restricting food. We were in a foreign country. I didn't even try to seek out gyms. I knew that this was the time to, you know, kind of hang up my running shoes and give this all in thing a shot. So 
I mean, you know, if you think too about going to Italy, it's like who wants to go to Italy and be on a diet and who wants to go and not eat all the pizza and pasta and gelato? So that's what I did. I just really dug into the culture and the food and I, you know, I just went for it. And um, a lot of you guys ask, you know, how many calories were you eating um, during recovery to get your period back? And I don't know because I didn't count. Like this trip was the perfect break because the food was so different than what I normally allow myself. I didn't really know what the calories were. And I felt like it was such a good mental break for me too, having such a long history of calorie counting to just let it go. So I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say 3,000 minimum. Um, But I really don't know. Um, during our trip, I started getting some fertile signs of my period returning, but I didn't think much of it because number one, I didn't really know exactly what to be, you know, looking out for. Um, and number two, I never expected it to, you know, happen quickly, but sure enough, um, I started seeing more cervical mucus. My sex drive was returning. I had some breast tenderness and we get home from this trip and two days later, I have my first recovery period. So that's a really quick recovery time. Of course, I was shocked, um, but I was also really encouraged. I think that hearing my doctor say, yep, it's fertility treatment or, you know, something that you've read (laughs) that you think might work. And then I think the fact that I did all of these things that were so counter to what I was doing and my body responded, it was like, okay, like clearly this is the right thing for me. So when I came back from Italy, it was a little harder to make sure that I was doing enough food wise. And to be completely, you know, frank, um, at that time, I was still holding on to tiny bits of control. I was continuing to count calories. I was tracking my weight every single week. And, um, I did that for a while and and I found it to just be so stressful. My anxiety started peaking again, the emphasis on, you know, the calories um, and seeing my weight go up. It just put me in a really, really bad headspace to where after a couple of cycles, I decided that I needed to stop. Um, For me, counting was always about restriction. And so even if I was counting up to the minimums, I had a lot of anxiety about going over. Um, and I quickly recognized like, Hey, if I just don't count, this is not hard. Like I can eat plenty if I don't allow those restrictions to hold me back. So that's what I did on cycle number four. And that's the cycle that we got, you know, pregnant on. I really feel like that last little bit of just letting it go, letting go of all the control is the thing that really, you know, gave my body what it needed, um, to get pregnant. And, you know, what happened next? I do think because my physical recovery happened so quickly. So we're talking four months from no period to positive pregnancy tests, which is pretty quick. Um, It's cool that it happened that quickly for me, but I don't think that my mental recovery was able to keep up. So once I was pregnant, I, I had a really hard time during those early weeks of pregnancy. I felt really out of sorts with my body. I was at a weight that I had never seen before. I was happy I was pregnant, but I still had a lot of kind of deep-rooted body image issues that were going on even into my pregnancy. I had a lot of back and forth thoughts about, okay, you know, like clearly I can't restrict during pregnancy, like that's not healthy, but, you know, postpartum, how am I going to lose the weight, researching ways to lose the weight, Um, and, and lots of back and forth kind of disordered thoughts still, you know, wrestling with some things. But when we went to our 20-week anatomy scan and I found out that we were actually having a girl, um, which is, 
not something I had pushed out of my head for so long with my history with food and exercise and disordered eating. I just felt like I was never going to have a girl because I didn't feel like that was like the best thing. And like, that's something that God would withhold from me because like I wasn't meant to be a girl mom, but lo and behold, God had other plans and we were having a baby girl. And what I realized at that point was that it wasn't about me anymore. I needed to get into a better place mentally with how I viewed my body for my future daughter. So through a lot of prayer, a lot of mental work, um, and just commitment, um, I, you know, committed to, to loving myself no matter how big I got during pregnancy, no matter what my body looked like postpartum. Um, and I knew that this was going to be so important for her because my habits with food and exercise and how I viewed my body were going to be the first example that she saw and one of the most impactful examples. So since having my daughter and now also having a second kid, I have a nine month old little boy, um, since all of this, because this was 2017 and now we're, um, she was born in 2018, but now we're in 2022. So we're coming up on, you know, four, five years of recovery. My perspective has shifted a lot. So to circle back to what I said at the beginning, I went into the recovery with a way different mindset than where my mindset is now. Um, many of you guys have asked if I've ever relapsed and lost my period again, and the answer is no. Um, of course, while I was nursing my kids, I wasn't getting a period, which is lactational amenorrhea. That's different than um, than HA. Um, but I never had any issues regaining my cycle again postpartum after both kids, and I credit a lot to that to community, staying connected to other people, other women that have recovered from HA. So I'm part of a Facebook group um, for women who had HA and had babies in the year 2018. And, um, those women are really helpful just in like talking about cycles and they're also, you know, living recovered lifestyles. Um, other things that I credit, you know, never losing my cycle again too, is that the weight that I gained to get pregnant has stuck around. Um, I've never gone back to the weight I was at when I wasn't getting a period. In fact, I'm well above that weight. Um, and that's just kind of where my body seems to naturally sit. My habits with food and exercise are way, way different now than they were when I wasn't getting my period. Um, and Oddly enough, I feel very content in my body most of the time. You know, I'm human and I'm going to be triggered every now and again um, by different things to maybe feel like I should lose weight or I should look different. But I think the biggest thing that keeps me focused is just recognizing that like the size that I was at previously actually wasn't healthy. And beyond, you know, the, the size of being healthy, I don't think I was really happy. And I mean really happy, like surface level happy versus like deep contentment, joy, happiness. It's very, very different. You know, I don't find my worth in my body size anymore. I don't find my worth in body composition. And it's much more important to me to be a healthy example for my kids and for my clients and to really live an example of what a recovered life looks like rather than, you know, doing specific things to try to have abs or fit into a size that maybe my body naturally isn't. So that's where I am today. And that's my story. Um, I'm excited to share more of these recovery stories because mine's just one. Um, and everyone's story is unique and 
equally as cool and encouraging, hopefully, to you guys. Um, you know, that's my hope is that you found this story to be relatable um, if you're going through recovery and um, maybe even inspiring if you're not yet ready to jump into recovery. Um, but I 100% believe that all people can recover. Um, even, you know, if you've struggled with an eating disorder for so many years or you're in the middle of an infertility journey, um, recovery is always possible. So um, if this spoke to you, don't be shy. Reach out to me on Instagram at food.freedom.fertility. Um, I share more of my story there, but I also share a lot of information, tips and tricks um, and um, ways to make sure that you're on track for recovering your period and getting pregnant after hypoplavic amenorrhea. So thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to have more stories for you guys in the future and I'll be signing off now. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you found this episode to be inspiring or helpful, please share on social media and tag me at food.freedom.fertility. Also, don't forget to leave a rating and a review.